church podcast. It's not safe here. It's not safe here. It's not safe. It's not safe. They're not safe for church podcast. I want to welcome you to the Not Safe for Church podcast where we serve the saints and the ain'ts because Jesus is for everybody. I am your host, Raynaud Tiba Amawali Ken. I don't know why I always say my whole name, but like I've just grown to love my name. Hallelujah. All right. I love the name that my parents have given me. Ooh. It's just special. It's my name. He knows my name. All right, I'm kidding. But all right, right now you can like, comment, and subscribe. You hear that fool in the background already making noise. But let me tell you who my co-host is today. I got two wonderful co-hosts. They're some of my favorite people in the world. They have literally stood by my side, walked with me through some of the darkest valleys, the shadows, the whatever the Psalm 23 say. I've been, woo, they have walked with me. They're my good friends. All right, I have Jeff Kiwanuka in the building. How are you? Yo. I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me back again. Pastor Jeff. Jeff Works. Oh, I'll call, you know what I'm calling you, Pastor? Just Jeff Works. Because you know I'm Pentecostal. I know you grew up non-denom. <laughs> I mean, so you don't really know the order. No. But So I can call you Jeff. Jeff Works. Because I, I don't want the saints to come attack me. I don't think they will. Be uh, all right. Okay. All right. And I got okay. my guy, Derek Logan. He has been on every freaking season of the Not Safe for Church podcast. He is a gift to this world. Every time he is on, the people just love him. And I'm just so grateful that you came back, that you keep showing up. My pleasure. Again, I mean, thanks. I don't know why, don't you, know keep why you keep having, 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 having me having back, me back <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fun to have these conversations with you, man. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I have Derek, and I might refer to him as D-Lo too. I can't believe I have D-Lo and Jeff in the same building. I'm curious why you say that. I asked you earlier. I, I'm, I'm, well, I guess we'll find out. You will find out. Um, okay. You guys are both very different, but I think that I find value from both of you in a great way. And okay. uh, yeah. You know, recently I was talking to D-Lo and I, I wanted to bring this up on this episode because I know the people listening to this episode uh, will probably be from somewhere I used to work. Some of them will be on here. Listen to this. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say this. When you are on a healing journey, you come to realizations in life. And I thought about how when I started this podcast, my first episode, I talked about <laughs> Nellie's penis. Oh, I talked about yeah. premarital sex. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I was so mad that like there had to be a conversation after that. Like, why would a church need to talk to me about being a pastor at a church and I'm just being honest and I'm just being free, right? But on my healing journey, I have realized like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> like, I'm a pastor at a freaking church wow. talking about Nelly's penis. How long did it take you to get there? It took me a minute to get there because okay. it was just like, man, I lost everything that I loved. Okay. And so I wasn't okay. able to see, like, my own actions in my own demise. But it really wasn't my demise. It was... It, 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 it was bad, but it worked for my good. But I mean, that's just how it always, that's, that's the story of every believer for me. I there think that it, 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 it might get bad, but ultimately like I'm happier. I can be myself every day, um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I'm in a better place, uh, because I, I, I made that decision, but in the moment I just couldn't see it. So I do want to say, uh, in that way, I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not a sorry or anything. It's just like a, Oh, I get it now. Okay. Yeah. okay. And that I, came up. Self awareness. Self awareness is, is something you. that you have to nurture. You gotta tend to it, and you've done that, yeah. right? So, like, good on you. Yeah. Growth. 
Yeah. It's now, been what, about 15 months, 16 months? It's, it's been, I don't know, 16 probably. Okay, all right. But, yeah. Like, do I still think there were some things that could have been done differently? Yes. Okay. But other than that, I'm cool. I'm happy. I love everybody. And, like, whoa. Yeah, like, when I was literally. I'm shocked you said that. <laughs> shocked. I literally, like, had a drink. Shocked. I was, I was drinking wow. and I was, you know, under the influence. <laughs> and I said, what the hell was I? Like, nigga, really? I just was like, wow. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. But I said it. All right. But tonight discussion, we are talking about who is God. Uh, before I get there, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. And I want you just to give us a phrase that you live by. In my phone, I have these things called soundtracks. Mm -hmm. And these are like soundtracks that I live by. Uh, one of them might be, uh, one of them are is, uh, you can change your mind when you get new information. So I want you just to introduce yourself and give us a phrase that you live by. Me or Derek, who's going first? It doesn't matter. You just introduced Derek because you said his name. Okay, perfect. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, Jeff. Uh, Derek Logan. Uh, I am the uh, executive director of oh. a, a brand new, uh, working on launching uh, nonprofit uh, endeavor, endeavor called uh, Sojourn Groups. And um, a, I don't know, I, I don't think about phrases or things like this that I, that I live by. Uh, in fact, at, when I was a a pastor in uh, the last church that I worked at, I was known as having a pet. One of my pet peeves are life verses. Um, <laughs> we could talk more about that another time. But um, the uh, I, yeah, I guess for me is would be truth thrives under scrutiny is something I, I say often. So truth thrives under scrutiny. It's they're not words to live by. It's just something that I. It, it, I guess it is. It's an idea that. Uh, I'm, I do kind of center on it. it the idea is that um, if I, I think the pursuit of truth in life is the most noble of endeavors. And um, if you think you have discovered it, um, wonderful. Let's, uh, let's find out by putting it through the gauntlet and testing it, poking and prodding at it. Mm -hmm. uh, truth is like a diamond. It gets more brilliant uh, the more you dig at it. Um, it doesn't diminish its brilliance. So um, that's... Uh, it's something I say often, at least. I don't know. I think you've said it on the podcast before. That's Probably. good. I like that. Truth thrives under, thrives under scrutiny. Yeah. Mr. Pastor Jeff. Yeah, uh, Jeff uh, Kiwanuka. I work <laughs> over at the uh, the Crossing uh, the Crossing Christian Church over here. Where is that? Windmill? No, they don't do no ads for this podcast. Now, you are not about to uh, shout them out. They have not done no ads. <laughs> They did not do Couple no locations ad. over there. Anyways, uh, with no locations. Serving as our next gen pastor, so birth all the way through uh, through high school, and then a little bit of young adults mixed in there as well. Awesome. And so I don't know about uh, I don't have like a life verse or a, uh, uh, what'd you say a a quote a quote. The I think there's just phrase? different thing. Not a phrase. I just character is a big thing for me. Trust, honesty. Like I'm just I mean, just be who you are. And, and well, you know what? I would say this, and I'll say this probably a little bit later. But stand stand on it. Just stand on what you believe in. Like, stand on it. Okay, Phil. Like if you got, no, 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 no. If you got something to say, stand on it. That's all. And okay, Phil. Yeah. I mean, call me. I don't, what, who's Phil? You Phil. Know, who's Phil? He's one of your leaders at your church. Wait a second. Because Phil says stand on it. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, it's, if you listen, if you're an active listener of my podcast, you're not. It's okay. I'm not mad because you're my friend. <laughs> uh, like, I don't get offended. It's did, not. I, did I out myself there? Is that <laughs> like, like, literally. Is that, okay. So, yeah, like, okay. but somebody who listens on a regular would know what episode I'm talking about. Okay. I don't because know. people actually listen to this. Okay. Good. Why are you looking at me like that? You got to prove that to me. I don't have to prove anything to you. Another reason I really do this podcast, and I'm just having like a lot of moments, I'm just in a good mood today, uh, is because Jeff told me I don't commit to things. So, the reason why I'm probably on 50 plus episodes, 
episodes, one of the reasons is Jeff Kiwanuka because no, I, I am committing to this. I challenged you and I said, I said you should like you need to finish finish something. That's it. And baby, I'm finishing this. Good, doing well. It's and I finished well. a lot it's of well. things. Let me just say that. But we ain't gonna talk about that today, okay? I don't know what you're Praise saying. Praise God, okay. I finished a lot of things, Jeff. Okay, that's good. Hallelujah. Mm. All right, I'm gonna get into my ass for the day. Thank you. Please. I got to thank my sponsors. I want to thank CrossFit Social City. They're an amazing CrossFit gym all the way in the Spring Valley area. Omar and Abby are an amazing couple. They have amazing classes, an amazing schedule there. You got to check out that gym. If you want that strength training, that CrossFit body like Omar and Abby, go to CrossFit Social City today. And you might find me there on the weekends because you know I got to get this body right. All right, I want to thank Dirt and Glitter Montana. Oh my gosh, she is one of the best photographers ever. Sharice is amazing. Book with her today. She does family photo shoots. She does all different type of photo shoots. She comes to Vegas a lot. So when she is in Vegas, you need to book with her. You can reach her at 406-691-0347. And you can also go to Instagram and just type in Dirt and Glitter Montana and she will be right there. I want to thank 103 Yoga. They are an esteemed yoga studio, not only offering yoga classes, but they have hit classes. They have boot camps. They have all type of classes that you need to get to 103 yoga is also in the spring valley area and it's a gym that's popping you know you need those hot classes to get that body right and i also got to thank avila image oh my gosh he has been in the studio taking a lot of pictures of us and it's just been going down i want you to follow and support avila image on instagram at avila image for all your image photography and film needs he is the bomb.com i'm just so grateful for all y'all but guess what this podcast costs money so guess what there are three ways to get I got Venmo, I got Cash App, and I got PayPal. Help a brother out. It's not free. You can send $5 or you can send $500. Uh, God knows the amount, and every seed has a harvest. So help your boy out. Thank you so much. Let's get back into the episode. My topic today is the importance of creating space for an inclusive and open dialogue about the concept of God, while acknowledging and respecting diverse beliefs and perspectives. These questions encourage a broader exploration of spirituality, morality, and the search for purpose beyond any specific religious framework. I'm super excited to have this conversation today. I have Jeff and D'Lo in the building. Um, They're just two people who uh, are great thinkers, and I just know that we're going to have a good conversation where uh, we may not agree, but I think one thing I do love about this podcast is uh, this podcast, everybody has a seat at the table. Um, A lot of tables are only for people who believe what we believe, but this is a podcast where not only do you have a seat at the table, you have a mic at the table. Hmm. And uh, we don't snatch mics. It's just like, well, come on, have a seat in. Hey, we don't agree. We don't agree. I would love for you guys just to open up this conversation and describe uh, your concept of God based on the understanding of a religious tradition or just what you think about God in general. Okay. Again, just so start, just start going. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I. That was a tough question, I think, because I think I, I know what I believe about who God is as mm-hmm. a Christian, uh, but I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say the most educated with, uh, I could tell you about maybe some other faiths, other other belief systems, um, like the like the Mormon faith, uh, a little bit about Jewish culture, not a, not a ton, but when it comes to, when you look at like Hinduism or Buddhism, um, 
uh, like you look at atheists, you look at uh, like uh, agnostics. I wouldn't say I could go in depth as far as like their belief or understanding, yeah. but I just do believe that the the Christian God, which makes it beautiful, is literally like the beginning, the end, Alpha, the Omega. Yeah. Uh, a God who is loving, a God who is kind, but a God who is just, a God who is jealous, um, a God who like who does mean business, but at the same time too has this creative genius uh, that makes him so beautiful. Yeah. A God who loves in a way that's like I mean, unparalleled to anything else uh, that I've ever known or think will uh, will ever know. Yeah. And so there's all these different facets that make God so complex yet so simple. Yeah. Um, yet so far away and also yet so tangible. And so yeah. um, I don't want to say he's the judge and judge and jury on the throne up there, uh, but he's got a lot, a lot to say. He's got a lot, lot to do. Um, and in the meantime, here he's given us a, I think, he's given us a vision, a p- mission, and purpose to, to make things happen down here. So that's good. But what do you? But I don't know. I guess is there a? Do you think when you when you phrase that question, where is there a specific angle you were going for? Because that's where I was like, well, when you say who is God, like where were we? If somebody came up to you, yep, and was like, who is God? Oh, that's that's it right there. You would say oh, that. Oh, it's it's. I I, just, I can talk about it all day. It's yeah. the it, it's the. <laughs> It's a three in one. It's the Lord incarnate. It's there's so much to it, um, but but at the end of the day, it's there's there is a a higher power that is beyond our comprehension, yet is very simple, and yet who wants to know us and who's very personal. So hmm. that's good. Dilo, what would Beautiful. you say? Yeah. I, again, like Jeff, I'm not an expert in world religions. Um, I think it, it in a in a really broad in a really broad sense. I think regardless of what your uh, what spiritual tradition you come from. I think humanity is trying to grapple with all the really big stuff and trying to make sense of all of these things that are unknown. I think we inherently intuit that there is this, there is some sort of higher power. There's something beyond us. There's something um, calling us to a higher perspective. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to, we're trying to make sense of that. So maybe it just, you know, that, that can kind of come out in different traditions, you know, yeah. through a lot of different sort of iterations and stuff like that. But I think we're just trying to make sense of this grand complex yet simple. Like I love what Jeff's saying about simple and complexity. Um, that uh, we're just trying to make sense of where we are in the universe and what it means to be a human being, how it is that we relate to the earth, yeah. with each other, with ourselves, with the divine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think if we go just a little bit deeper, um, I asked who is God, but I think if we make it personal. Who is God personally to you? Like, how do you experience this divine, this uh, being who is God personally to to Jeff Kiwanuka? Who is God personally to Derek Logan? Like, who is that person? I think of God as a, it's an evolving, my perspective on this is uh, ever evolving. Um, I love, there's a, I have a lot of, uh, uh, I think very fondly about the Jewish tradition, and I've, mm-hmm. I've gleaned a great deal from that. Mm-hmm. They, the most, um, the most common, uh, prominent prayer in that uh, tradition is a prayer known as the Shema, and this is the first prayer that a practicing Jew would. It's the first thing they would utter um, when they wake up in the morning. It's the last thing they would utter as they're laying their head down to go to bed at night. Yeah, and the Shema is just 
Shema Israel Adonai Elheinu Adonai Echad, which is hear, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. Hmm. And so maybe on a particular level, you can think about, you know, the idea of God being one as hmm. something, as a uh, understanding that in contrast to maybe other polytheistic religions, yeah. you know, at the time of the original audience and authors of the biblical text. And maybe that's true, you know, I, that's true from a particular perspective. But I think the Bible is signal is giving us an opportunity to maybe perceive of something beyond that. Yeah. Um, the way that I'm see, I'm perceiving of that, of, of something beyond that is not just thinking that God is one, that there is but one God. Yeah. Um, but that God is one. God is oneness. He is like the ultimate summation of all of it. Um, I think of I think of God in that way. I think that we um, we also get from the Judeo-Christian traditions that we bear the image and likeness of the Creator. We are these the offspring of God in this sense. And in, in really also too, that there is an inherent connectivity with all of us, not just all of humanity, but all of creation in general. We all come from the same stuff. We're all made up of the same stuff. Yeah. And God, the supreme, the divine, the supreme power is really the connectivity, the connection of all of these things mm. uh, together. So I think of, I don't think of God so much as this separate entity up in the sky that is governing the universe or the earth. Um, but I think it's, I think God is an active presence in the midst of all of that, um, that maybe is best um, thought of, or maybe, maybe not best, but a way to think of, or, con you know, conceive of this is to think about the connectivity, the connection of all things that God is like ultimate oneness. That's good. Yeah, I would, oh, I'm trying to, okay. It's just personal. I mean, it's really, really personal. I, I, the way I've known God, I mean, I met God in 2006, uh, specifically when I say God, I mean, like I met Jesus, like his son. And I feel like there was an opportunity there where I knew it was a fork in the road where I, I had to figure some things out. Um, and I had to really, um, cause I knew he was, he was literally, I felt like clear as day calling my name to like, this is a fork in the road. Like yeah. I got to either going to do this or not. And I remember specifically when that moment happened, the, the, this un, like it was this incredible sensation that went on in my spirit. It was in my heart that just burned yeah. and just burned. And I, um, I couldn't articulate it with people. I just knew that something was different. Something yeah. was like, my life was forever changed. And so that same spirit I began to see as really, this was God, the father, son, and the Holy spirit, like learning, I've learned about my Christian faith through scripture, um, through groups and like, I guess, community, small groups through studying God's word, um, through going to church through interactions with people. But then you, it's crazy how you can, even just through your life experiences, you start to unpack and see God in a different way as well, because you're, 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 you're evolving, you're growing, you're going through things. You're, 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 you have kids and you get married. Um, you have maybe different jobs and, or you have heartache, you have experienced death and loss and heartache. There's all these things, but it's crazy how much more personal it, it becomes like with each, with each new day. 
And I often, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I really do believe that there's something about, um, like I, I equate uh, getting, getting to know God as if I gain you know my wife. God can only give me so much based off the, uh, what I choose to really, like the time I, sp- I choose to spend with him. So if I'm pursuing God, like he wants to constantly give me more, and it's an infinite amount of knowledge and wisdom and, and just uh, like expressing who he is really yeah. as, the, as the Trinity that he wants to just unveil. And just like with my wife, like I can choose to pursue and get to know her and her see her, her um, things that are just changing, things, things that are deeper, things that are just like who she is. But if I don't pursue her in that way, I can sort of just like, oh, well, I don't really... We're not really at the same spot. We're not really on the same page. Like we don't really know know her as, as well as I thought I did. But well, I stopped pursuing. I stopped, yeah. you know, spending time. And so what makes it because personal, but as far as like who is God for for me, is that every single day I get a chance to wake up with this wonderful, wonderful essence, this being who we who we call God, yeah. who is so uh, just crazy in love, not only with me but this this world, this universe, everything He's created. So you talk about this idea of oneness. I do believe it's. I mean, it's all it's all around us, yeah. and I think God wants to show that to us, and so we can experience that. But it just takes. I mean, it's just very very complicated to go to get to a spot where we're in a a true relationship and true um, expressing our true communion with Him. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just not a wake up and that's it. But it just takes time and all, all those other things that are, if we're willing to actually give some things up to see him. You say give things up. What's up? You say give things up. Give things up. Yeah. All right. I might come back to that, but I'm not right now. Yes. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, that's part for the course. I do think that you give things up, but I don't think I, I don't, I, we probably don't think we have to give the same things up, but it's okay. But it's sacrificial. That's yes, what I'm saying. But it's, it's sacri- also very personal. Yes, but it's still sacrificial. Yeah, but I also think that, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna go there. But anyways, <laughs> I really because we I'm, can't we can't go there. We are gonna okay. go there because that's gonna lead me to my next question. Okay, but just even on the the point of God being personal, uh, I think what I have realized is that like that relationship is so unique, mm-hmm. and I don't think that humans really can comprehend how unique a personal relationship with God is. Because I think that we, because we, we're always, always doing things together in buildings and churches. And I just don't think that we really grasp the concept that it's very individual. When you say individual, explain. Cause I think, it is, I, go ahead, go ahead. Go I ahead. think a lot of times, like even on these concepts of who is God, I think like it can get like judgmental. You know what I mean? Like, okay. because like, no, if your relationship with God should look like this. Like, no, it's just like, like, it's so people, you know, like in the guidelines, you know what I'm saying? But I, but I guess what I, again, going back to marriage analogy, every marriage looks different. Every marriage has their quirks. Every marriage has two people who have come together who just, they're different and always, always, you know, and just, it's, you can't measure. Yeah. But every marriage has their stuff, but every marriage has their, their, their pleasures and their joys that are, that look different from other people. In the same way, I do believe that is the way God works with with people. That my baggage is not the same baggage that you've had. My yeah. baggage is not the same uh, baggage that that Derek's had. The joys that I've experienced, the things that would make me happy, put a smile on my face, not the same things that would put a smile on Derek or, or or yours face. And so when that happens, and I understand that and I realize, oh, that that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think it breaks down a lot of things in understanding that that it is. It makes it God all the more beautiful. That regardless of how different He is, I'm sorry, how different we are. He still loves each and every one of us the exact same way with the exact same amount, regardless of what we what we think or believe, because that's just who God is. And he loves me just a little bit more. But <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to ask this. Um, 
How does the concept of understanding God shape your morals and your values? Go ahead, Dirk. I, I guess you're asking that person that question of us personally, like uh, individually. Is that right? Yeah. If I think about God as the collective, as like this ultimate oneness, right? Mm -hmm. And I recognize that I am a part of that. I have a role to play in that. And that the way that I operate in the world can either elevate the other elements around me, or I can degrade the other elements around me. So I think maybe in a really 30,000 foot view, broad sense, like thinking about morality in, the, in that sort of framework are, is the activity of my life mm. or the words that I'm using, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm not doing, the words that I'm not using, um, the foods that I eat, um, places I choose to go or not go, um, are, those, are those choices elevating the world around me? Or are they degrading the world around me? That's good. So I think about, um, I guess I think about morality in that in that sort of sense. And coming back to Jeff's um, point about the the uniqueness of those things, I think um, maybe not all maybe not all of those things, but in a lot of ways, that's a very unique sort of fingerprint element for each of us, yeah. right? Um, I enjoy single malt Scotch whiskey. Um, I also have friends who are alcoholics and who, mm -hmm. who's, they just, they respond differently to mm -hmm. alcohol than I, than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it is a good elevating thing for me to enjoy some whiskey and, and a great conversation with some dear friends. That's, yeah. it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, but for others, uh, other friends of mine, that's not, uh, it's not in the, it's not in the cards for them. They, um, so I think, uh, you know, there's, there's elements like that, but I think paying attention is the, are, are the things that I'm doing, the behaviors that I am exhibiting, um, am I elevating the world or am I diminishing the world? And I think in doing that, I am, my ability to be able to manage that effectively is directly related to my ability to manage this, um, relationship to some extent that I have with God and with, with the rest of the world. That's good. Are you, Jeff, so, can you answer the question? Yeah, I'm going to go both. Because I, I do believe mo mo my morality is, uh, I guess, quote unquote, it's not a, it is not a, I don't think it's mine. I think it's just the way, the way the Lord has he's put it out there. Like I think so, you're, so you would say, I just want to be clear here. Yes. So you're saying like yours is based off of the Bible. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Of my Christian values. Yes. Yes. Morality, it comes, it stems from, I don't think there's another way to look at it. Okay. I think people, we can but I think as far as like the moral code and moral guidelines that the Lord has given us, I think it's clear as day as far as what is the right and wrong. And then you can look at gray areas. I know some things are like a little bit more complex, but I do believe in objectivity because you, otherwise it's, that doesn't make any sense. Like it's, you have to have some sort of objective moral, of a moral, a moral approach mm -hmm. or otherwise it's just, it's just chaos. It's just chaos and anarchy at that point. So I do believe that that morals are driven. They have to be. They have to come from somewhere because you're you're getting that from somewhere, something. So where where does that come from? And I do believe that is where God, like God the Father, has really helped us understand what those boundaries are, those parameters are, so that we can thrive as as uh, as human beings. So there's no. I would 
Go ahead. I would, and I would push back pretty adamantly, uh, you know, lovingly, but adamantly on, on some of that. Like, I think there are, um, there are things that are more universal and, um, and, are, and move us towards objectivity. But I, I don't think that everything is binary and crystal clear. I think inherently, and I think the way the Bible works too, um, I, I, and, and again, when we're talking about the Bible, that's a whole nother, um, a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, in, from my humble point of view, if when we're engaging with the Bible on its terms, um, it's not introducing us to a world that is full of a lot of binary categories, good and evil, right and wrong. Um, the Bible uses language like that, but it doesn't, they don't have the same meaning um, that we would apply to them. Um, we, we don't, we don't, the ways that we think about good and evil are not the ways that the Bible are talking about good and evil or love and hate. Um, it's a more complex uh, spectrum of, of different of different uh, things there. So I, all of that to say, I think it is, I think there's a lot more gray. There's a lot more nuance. Um, and I would also say like moving things into binary categories, oftentimes, not, I'm not, I'm not saying always, um, but oftentimes um, can be really harmful and it's going to squeeze, it's going to um, unneedingly and unjustly exclude exclude people from the conversation. Do you have a example? Exa- uh, ex- an example of what? You mentioned like uh, some things are gray or some things that maybe, uh, the, maybe that you can't necessarily aren't crystal clear. The, are you, what do well, you have I an mean, example of where you yeah, go with we, that? Um, a, a kind of a classic example in the, um, in the, in the Torah, the first five books of the old Testament, they're, um, you know, there's a certain framework of looking at the Torah as the 613 laws. These are the things that you need to do or not do. These are, you know, the behaviors we have or don't have and, and all of that stuff that, that govern um, our life and are going to determine whether or not we're righteous. But the thing is, when you really look at these instructions, they require interpretation. As an example, there's a there's a commandment for um, to circumcise your son on the eighth day of his life. So after he's been born (laughs) eight days later, you're going to circumcise him Um, there. And a circumcision, by the way, is a covenant. A a covenant is a, is a cutting. And this is this, you are making a covenant with God in in being circumcised. There's also an instruction not to enter into a covenant on the Sabbath. So statistically speaking, um, one out of seven Hebrew boys are going, their eighth day is going to fall on the Sabbath. And you're left with the decision. Do I circumcise my son and enter in a, into a covenant and yeah. in doing so abolish the Sabbath? Or do I recognize the Sabbath Sabbath, and um, and disobey this other commandment to circumcise my son on the eighth day? Yeah. So it, now this is not an issue in the, in within, within the context of the Christian world, but just, you know, meeting the, the biblical text on its terms, it is something that is in need of interpretation. Um, it's an ancient text written in a language that is unfamiliar to uh, the, the majority of us um, in a geography at a point in history um, surrounded within within a culture and surrounded by other cultures at a time that is 
we are so greatly distanced from. So um, I think bringing some sort of black and white framework um, to the text, you are you're in, if if and when we do that, we're imposing something onto the text that is not inherent to it. Um, it it's something that we have to engage with and interpret. Um, and interpret for ourselves, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more to be to be said there, but that's I hope that's a a response to your question. Yeah, because I think what I'm trying to understand though with your response is then what then what is a source of authority then? Because wh- where where does that come from then? Because you, in essence, you're you you are saying that you're living by some sort of code period, but where what is the source of that? Yeah, I mean, there's I. There, this the divine figure is a is a source of authority. The community itself is a source of authority, but um, it's all yeah, it's all uh, there's there's lots of different levels to that. And I think if you really dig at the at the Christian idea of authority as well, um, it's the same it's the same there as well. Now, perhaps within certain sects of Christianity, there are some very well-established traditions and ways of interpreting and understanding those things, which become authoritative. Um, but those are traditions of ways of understanding those things. Um, if you were to provide examples, I would imagine, like of examples where you feel like the Bible is blatantly clear and black and white, um, I, we could we could probably talk about that and and learn something about how that those things are not so. So I think the, you know, the, the tradition itself is an authority. Yeah. Um, we're both, you know, in the Christian world, folks are beholden to that as they would be in other, in other societies. So I don't think that there's some objective deity third party that's speaking just absolute with absolute crystal clarity that if we all just listen to that voice then it's going to paint the world in black and white we're going to know the things that we ought to do and not not to do um it's a it's it's a moving target and something that needs to be interpreted um you know that's yeah i know we're kind of speaking do you you have an example i've I've got a few but i do i do uh i think um i got a couple but I'll, i'll start with this one like, <laughs> not well, you have this listed. No, no, no I don't. Th- but, is this a Jeff Key or Nuka podcast? <laughs> no, so I'm, no, I'm just wrote down my funny. notes. I'm being funny. Um, legitimately. Um, but what about how to treat people? Like we better. There's not an object objectivity when it comes to how people should be treated. Love, right? I, or, I, I subscribe to the notion that love is is the ultimate thing. But let's talk about what that is because that's not. We don't all share the same definition of love. I come from. Uh, a an evangelical Christian tradition mm-hmm. that would um, more than suggest, but the an underpinning of that tradition is that um, humanity itself is bound for eternal damnation, short of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, if you do not um, confess your sins and accept Jesus into your heart. Um, you are predisposed to um, eternal torment in hell. The loving thing for the, okay, so if let's say that you absolutely are committed to this ideology, right? That this is, that the, the way that you have interpreted the Bible, this is absolutely true. If that is absolutely true, then the most loving thing that a person could possibly do would be to work tirelessly 
every waking hour of the day, going to every person that they know, love, work with, or have a family relationship with, and stressing with them the importance of taking this necessary step of accepting Jesus, confessing their sins, and and whatever the other requisites are for that. Um, So now that's not objective love. That's a love that's informed by that the, an ideology that one subscribes to. So I think understanding what love is, we have to dig deeper of what, of how we're defining what love is and what is fueling our understanding of love. Yeah. My hunch is Jeff and I probably have uh, a lot of things in life. Um, you know, maybe not so many theologically, but in, in practically speaking, there's a lot of things that we would agree with mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of how we think about love. And then there'd probably be other things that we would disagree with. Yeah. I think it's, again, it's just, it's always more, there's, there's another layer. There's another layer to it. There's another perspective to it. There's another way of seeing the world, um, that we aren't a privy to that, that is going to come to different sort of conclusions or understandings about what these ideas are. And the Bible itself works this way. You know, it's a document that originates, you know, thousands of miles away in a completely different geography, a different economic reality, a different power dynamic, social dynamic, and all of those sort of things. And here we are in the United States with all of the history of of our country and our ancestors and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. informing our understanding of these things. And we're engaging with this text, but it's not a text that was written to us. It's not written in our language. It's going through lots of different filters. And every time it goes through those filters, the people who are making decisions about those things are making decisions about those things. Translations are really, really complicated. How things get represented um, to us are not totally transparent. Um, there's there's lots of ways that these things are contextualized. And I feel like I'm moving the conversation in a little bit of a different uh, trail. So I'll, I'll back off. And, no, because oh, I get... it's good. I, I, yeah, because I just... I've tried to process... Because you're asking about the moral authority yeah. or moral, moral code. And I, and I guess I do believe... That there, and I think it's almost to, to me. It's very clear, just in life. You could let's remove God or the or scripture out of it. If there aren't principles or or uh, or standards or whatnot, then it then we lose um, a sense of like what we're trying to achieve or where we're trying to go. Like what's the what's the marker? And so if if I don't know that, if I don't know what that is and what I should be like, I guess trying to trying not I shouldn't say achieve if you will, I'm um, trying to live up to. Then essentially, then everyone can just have their own way and do and do and do what they want to do, and then I feel like I lose the right to complain, I lose the right to be critical, I lose the right to be upset with people, uh, because they're operating on a different value system that we are all saying is completely just like, well, you do your thing, because that's that's because that's what you that's what you believe, and because based on their moral code, well, it doesn't really matter because that's what we believe. So that's where I can't. I have a hard time not having some sort of again guideline, some sort of authoritative source figure and like where is it yeah and i think that's where christianity for me is just very it's very clear that as far as like where if god is the authority um and what god has given as far as like moral code in this uh in this uh in scripture here then i'm going to take it seriously but i think at the same time too i can't look at it and say well i love this about the bible i love this about um you know the torah i love this about this hindu book or this or, this, or, or the um what do the muslims use the um What's the to the Quran the the Quran, uh, the Quran. Like I can't take all of this and put the make this eclectic mix of my own faith, my own my own my own worldview, if you will, 
because at some point it just doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't it doesn't add up after a while? I, I just I don't know. Like hearing both of y'all, I, I mean, I just always think like if I was born into a Muslim home, I probably would believe all that crap. About not crap, but you know what I mean. Like if I was born into a a Hindu home, I would believe that. So I don't know. For me, I don't know. I just and I think for the people listening, because it's I don't know. Like even when I hear like both of you guys explaining, it's just like. Like, if it's really personal, like, why does it even matter? Like, if it's so personal, why? I do understand what Jeff is saying in that there, it can't be everyone on their own. Um, you know, this, you know, anarch, it's, it's, it would just be anarchy, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone doing the thing that best suits them on their own with no accountability, no responsibility. I see whatever it is that I want to see. I, I understand the, the, the uh, the the fear or the the concern around that sort of fr framework. So I'm not suggesting that that sort of framework. I would also say it's not the other end of that spectrum that there is a a singular, crystal clear, um, concise, universally agreed upon authority that is clearly articulating all the do's and don'ts. It's just not. Life is filled with gray and nuance. If there are, I would suggest that in, in a lot of ways, if there are, if there's something that we feel like is crystal clear, you can research the history of that idea. You know, take that idea. Like you would, you you could you could learn that that idea is not something that is inherent to the biblical text, but it was an idea that originated as an interpretation of that text. And it has an idea and it probably had a counterpart or a competing idea and all of the politics and influences at play that cause one idea to win out in the tradition is much more complicated. Now, what we're given today is just like, oh, it's this, this idea is settled. It's concrete, it's done. And you could look at Christians in the fourth century who had vehement disagreements. Mm -hmm. There was a there was a broad spectrum of different ways that people understood that. I mean, just take the divinity of Jesus, for example. Mm -hmm. Okay. We Christians throughout the Christian world today for the last 1600 years would universally say that Jesus is God. The, the, the idea of the Trinity, all, all of those things rewind back to the fourth century. And it wasn't so clear, right? You have Arius and Athanasius, who are debating in, you know, in a very public way, these different sort of ideas about who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And it, and prior to that, there was such a broad spectrum of different Christian communities um, doing the best that they can, reading different texts, um, be, drawing inspiration from those different texts. And they have different ideas about the nature of who Jesus is, what his relationship is to the divine, um, all of those things. And Athanasius ends up winning the day. He outlives Arius. And he says that this is, the, this is God's way of showing that my idea is superior, you know, um, to this. We're talking about debates that, you know, priests are being drugged through the streets. It, I mean, vehement, violent debates around mm -hmm. these sort of things. Um, there's history to the idea. It's not um, things that oftentimes things that are crystal, crystal clear and binary. Um, once you start probing it, um, you realize that that's not the case. It's all it's it's so often, almost always, more complicated than what it appears to be on the surface. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think we'll.
Because I, I think, yeah, I keep coming back to again. If I come back to a the moral aspect of things, you you there there just has to be what is what. You, I mean, your your quote at the beginning was truth as truth what truth truth under truth uh, truth thrives, thrives under, under scrutiny. Truth thrives under scrutiny. Yes, and I think. Like, like the that the gospel has thrived under scrutiny. I don't, I don't. I mean, there's has it? Oh, I think 100% it has. I mean, I believe it like, has certain things, but I don't. I think there's certain things that has not thrived. I, yes, but I'm saying, but Jesus Christ has. Jesus, Jesus has. has the, so he, but he is the truth. But so, I'm but the way, the truth, and the life. Stuff like that's that's in there that's, has not. Has listen, not listen, but, but you can't. I'm saying my that's my point. You can't. We can't sit here and pick apart. What he's given but us, but you pick. But people do pick apart. But I'm saying we can't do that. But you do pick apart. What am I picking apart? Yeah, there's no, a no, lot no, of no, 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 no. Be specific. Come on. No, no. Be specific. I'm not. You're, you're, you're not. You're not getting it. I'm literally saying I know that I mess up. I know I'm not perfect. I know I sometimes just don't get it right at all because I'm not living up to what God has called me to live up to. I I'm think, a, so I'm saying that book of the, that book when I when I talk scripture. I'm not saying this is a moral compass that I'm just living by. I believe this is a world code. And so you is, think you have the right interpretation? You think you have it 100% right? Is that I, what you're telling me? It's, it's, is that what you're telling me? What are you asking? I, is that a, it's a yes or no question? I do believe the God. The, you, the, but no, I'm asking, do you believe scripture is 100%? No, 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 Pastors, religious spaces, we preach like we have it all together. I've never done that. I'm not saying you. I've never done that. But Jeff, come on. I'm not 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 talking about Jeff Kiwanuka. Okay. I'm saying, but there are people who preach like that. And that's why these organizations are how they are. Yes. Because people think they have it 100% right and their interpretation 100% right. Okay. And I just don't believe everybody has that thing right. And I don't think, I don't know if I have it right, but I'm. Okay, and humble enough to say, I don't have it all right. And that's the problem with the church today. People are not humble enough to say, hey, what if I'm getting it wrong? Because you could be. No, 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 Ronald, Ronald, that's, Ronald, you're, 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 you're all over the place there. It doesn't make no sense. You're, you're not going to have a pastor get up there and say, hey, glad you made it, but hopefully we're right. It's not that, it's not even that, <laughs> you but you know, that, it's the what? heart behind it. I mean, okay. It's the I, heart behind it. And you I know what I'm saying. I, I think that. Maybe the best way to articulate the difference between Jeff and I's perspectives, and I don't, uh, Jeff, you can obviously respond and push yeah, back yeah. on this because I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to straw man your, I don't want to straw man your position. Can at I all. say something? No, really like I'm, I'm, I hope y'all, I'm very, I really do love um, Jeff. I, this is how we always talk. No, it's okay. No, that, it's, no, it's no, cool. This is how um, we talk. Right. I love him with my whole heart. I said stand on it, right? So I'm standing on it. Please, P- period. Okay, and ahead. I can stand on it and answer it on it. Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> oh boy. I would, I would say I don't think about truth as something that is singular, that is a monolith. Um, I think truth is much more multi-dimensional and multi-demonic, uh, demonic, <laughs> demonic, oh, dy- multi-dynamic. Yep. Uh, yes, a little Freudian slip there. I, Jeff is kind of <laughs> like, all right, tell me one. All right. You know, he don't know um, how to cast out demons. He was about a non-denominational. Multi, I, there's, there's multiple <laughs> positions to it. Now, here's, I mean, I, I think I've used this illustration on your on your show before, uh, Renault, but the, um, I love that this is actually a, uh, a, a Buddhist 
parable um, about the the five blind men and the elephant. So yeah. shortly, you you have an there's an elephant, and these five blind men had been led to this elephant, but they don't know what the elephant is, and each of them encounter the elephant at a different position. So mm -hmm. one is at the leg, and the one at the leg is like, oh, this is a tree, and then you have another one that's at the ear. It's like, no, it's not a tree. This is like a canvas. One is at the trunk. And they're like, oh, this is a serpent. And one's at the tusk. And it's like, no, no, it's none of those things. It's, it's at the tusk. This is a weapon. You know, they're all having different experiences with the same thing. I think when we are at our best, for, for people who are coming to the world by way of different religious traditions, um, we are, we're encountering this multidimensional truth of the objective truth of what the universe is and where we are uh, approaching it from different postures and from different positions. Um, and when, when we're at our best, we are able to listen to the experience of one another and yep. not qualify their experience based upon how well it aligns with my experience. But I am listening with an intent to understand what it is that they're saying. And I'm realizing that there are differences in our experiences, but we are also talking about the same thing, where there are so many shared attributes. And what we're all engaging with is much bigger than any singular point of view. I think when we're at our worst in that conversation is when we are positioned at the leg of the elephant and we say, this is a tree. Anyone who tells you that this is anything other than a tree is deceiving you. This is Satan at work, like, you know, trying to trying to lead you astray. You must subscribe to the idea that this is a tree. And if you don't, you're, you're living in denial. You are, you are going to, you're going to deceive, you're deliberately deceiving people. You're representing the, the narrowness of your experience as, and, and substituting that as the whole. You're, you are confusing part to, uh, with, with the whole. And I think that's where things can get um, that th that's where things can go, um, go away. I think truth is much more multidimensional than a singular universal truth. I grew up in a Christian home. Both of my grandfathers were lifelong pastors. I was a vocational pastor in, uh, in, in a couple of evangelical churches for more than 14 years. Um, I, I'm incredibly grateful for the rich faith tradition, um, that I come from and still am benefiting from. Um, it is a, I'm just, but, but it, it, this is not the only way of, I, but I'm also a Christian. This is what I was going to say. I'm, I am, I am a Christian because of where I was born geographically and when I was born here. If I was born in India in the night in 1980, instead of Fresno, California in 1980, I, my faith tradition, my outlook on the world, my sense of morality is going to be completely different. And am I less, um, am I, am I just out of luck? Like if that happens and the, the word of the gospel doesn't ever reach me, no, I, I can't believe, I, I can't believe that that's true. So what I, like, yeah. I would subscribe to the idea that the sovereignty of God, the bigness is it, it's so far that that would be that that's a thing that's just so far beyond our awareness and comprehension. Does God have the ability 
to reach people by way of different traditions and different semantics, different language, different stories that have been handed on from one generation. And that truth, that the, that the reality of the divine can reach these people through these different languages and different experience, different challenges because of that geography mm-hmm. and, you know, political, socioeconomic issues and all that stuff. Like, absolutely. I don't need people to align with my ideology and say, this is a tree, period. Is it a tree from my, it, it's a lot like a tree from my point of view. And the thing I'm experiencing is valid. It is true, but it's not universally objectively true. And I think in my own experience in the Christian world, and again, I don't want to impose this on anything that Jeff is saying, um, but in my own experience, a thing that has caused me to create distance between myself and that tradition is that the tradition treats its revelation as something that is singular and something that is inherently whole and universal. Um, and I, isn't that that's, that's what Jesus did though. That's, that's what I think he did though. He was very clear about that. Like I'm the way, the truth, the life. There's no way to the father except through me. Like he was very, he was crystal clear about that. So I think that's where the Bible is a lot of things, Jeff, but crystal clear is definitely not one of them. Yeah. And I think that's where we could, and we could sit here and we could dig, yeah. we could, we could, we could scrutinize what Jesus is saying and who he's saying it to and yeah. who's writing it and who's translating it. All of those are, are relevant factors to those things, but it's, it's not crystal clear. Yeah, the the think, tradition yeah. represents it as something that is solved. It's crystal clear. It's done. It's established. Um, it's just, I would say outside of that tradition, it's, is there is there merit in understanding who Jesus is and what Jesus is saying? Man, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have I my that is it. My, right? That is it in the Christian faith. That is it. Understanding Jesus is it. Like that's that's what makes it. That's what makes it far different from anything, any other. I guess uh, mm-hmm. deity or like whoever. Like it's Jesus. So that that that's the trump card more than anything else. So if we understand understand Jesus and live a life like through His eyes and through His through his perspective and what he showed Who's these interpreting di- Jesus's eyes. Like, what does it mean to, to, to honor Jesus? What is it like? That's such a, it, you have to, you're going to have to interpret things like in order to get to that, who is interpreting those things? Who's developing those ideas, the code for, for what is and what isn't. Cause that's where I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's where the Holy spirit comes in. Like that's what you're. That's what we're doing. Okay. Like, so how you is have, the Holy Spirit different? You're like, because right, because then it's like, who who's interpreting the Holy Spirit? Who's the responsible authority for? Inter- so, if, okay, I'm 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 with you. We have we have the words of Jesus. We have the Gospels. I'm I love the text. I think there's so much riches richness to pull from that. But then if we also have the Holy Spirit, who's going to help to confirm these things in a way that is not universally spoken to everyone at the same time with the same degree of understanding who who what's the authority that is determining whether or not this is the holy spirit or whether or not it's something else well i think the that's where i do believe again the our faith comes into play and i think i could be i could be way off i just uh a part of me has just uh um right, right or wrong I think we have almost tried to outdo ourselves as human beings. And I think it's almost comical to God as far as like our thought process and us trying to like understand and fully think and, and fully try to like come up with these ideas and these, uh, um, I guess as we research and as we just dig, dig for more, 
I just believe God is, it's, like I said, it's complex, but so simple. And I think because of our own human brokenness and because of some of the things that we've experienced, I think we are trying to really put God in a box and trying to understand God. And if we don't, that's where I think it happens on uh, twofold because uh, people have put God in a box in a way and people, uh, because people have almost misrepresented who he is and what he, and what he, uh, um, we just met represented him. You have a culture of people who have just been broken. I mean, broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that is by the local church. That is because we have interpreted things. You go to like uh, people following um, Hitler and then <laughs> Hitler, you have uh, the civil rights movement. Um, you look at, you can look at LGBTQ. You can look at all these different things that in which the people interpret quote unquote, what God says, and it becomes hate speech. So they weaponize the Bible and they weaponize like the gospel as a way of saying, so this is what God wants. That that's in a, that's just not no, no that's uh, like on it's un, unacceptable. But there's also now the part where because we don't fully understand because there's so much gray, that now it has become a far a little more almost like so loose, and it's become so loose with people that now they're like, well, what, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like I don't think God is asking us to overthink it for him. That's what makes him God. I think God is asking us just to follow, to trust, and let him do what he's going to do along the way. And I think with these other cultures and other other people, if it's not, if the spirit doesn't respond universally in our timing, like we're talking about, like, like I said, God is complex yet simple. God is so complex that yes, the person in India who may never have heard the gospel, God is still just, and God's going to have His way with with that with that individual, because that's what He does. That's what that's where I think what faith allows us to see and what, what allows us to believe. And so in that right, I can't put God in this like shoebox. But I can understand there's far more than I possibly understand. But also talking to people again who have been there where there's church hurt and where there's a lot of just where the church has like in corporate church especially crapped on people. I think it's just like it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. But both sides yeah. I think are still in search of and trying to figure out how does this all necessarily play out. And I do believe because we have objectivity through the eyes of Jesus and through the gospel, that's what makes us that's what really has been the saving grace of our entire world and will continue to be from now until eternity. I think there's, there's objectivity. You're kind of proving my point, I guess you there, you, you talk about ways that the, the church or the gospel or the Bible has been used to oppress people and to kill literally to kill people. Um, but also that was the, that that was the universally understood, inspired, under, you know, way of thinking about that. If the Holy Spirit is speaking, everyone is in, like, there was, there was universal agreement in those things. But there was somebody who was, um, there, there, are, there are people who are challenging the status quo and are inviting things into a broader sort of perspective, hmm. you know, and that's, and then, and to people who are subscribed to the Orthodox ideas, that's going to feel like, Oh, it's getting, things are getting really loose and where's the authority and where's the objectivity. There has to be fluidity in those things. Humanity is complex. The, the world of the, of the authors and the audience of the Bible is radically different than the world that we all occupy. Um, it's, it, it's not, it's not speaking to it and it's not designed to speak to the dynamics that are going to play out thousands of years in, in the future. 
is there wisdom to be able to to derive from that? Absolutely. I love I love the biblical text, um, but it's in need of interpretation. And every generation has to do that. Otherwise, we're going to continue rounding up people in ghettos and in concentra- concentration camps and using the Bible to support that. You're going to continue using that to ways of, of marginalizing and oppressing people. Um, there has to be some push and pull. Do you, you know, think there's... I, I, let me just say this. You know, I got to wrap up this episode... <laughs> And, you know, I feel like y'all can go all night. Cause, I mean, I don't know if there's an answer. I don't, I don't, think, I don't yes. know if we're going to get to the same thing. So I just want to wrap this up. And I just want, is there like a, a closing phrase, a closing sentence that you would want to say to wrap up your thoughts? The floor is open. Or I'll, you just want to. Okay. The thing I, I'm going to use Jeff's words. Because the, the thing that I'm hearing Jeff say that resonates the most with me um, is this relationship between complexity and simplicity. Um, the way that that's played out in my own personal journey um, has been one that I, I inherited a very, very simple way of understanding the world. And I it became inadequate for me. And I, and I leaned deep into those things and the world became very, very complex. And what I'm finding is that when you go from simplicity, uh, <laughs> simplicity, there's another one, yeah. uh, from simplicity to complexity and yeah. you keep pushing through on complexity you get to simplicity again yeah I, that seems to me it, it and again i'm not trying to impose this framework on on jeff's story um i hear elements of that and i re- i resonate with that with that journey of of moving from simplicity to complexity but not stopping there continuing to push through and i there's there's other simplicity waiting on the other side of that yeah, yeah, I think I would, um, I guess based off everything, I would say this. I, I do believe um, that there is peace and peace can be found um, because with doing a lot less. And I think uh, sometimes as human beings, we are we are just, I think, trying just way, way too hard, just way too hard. And I think that what makes the Lord, what makes Jesus so real is that by having a conversation with him and just really, be, like, really be, like, communing with him consistently, it's, it will be the most life-changing, most beautiful thing that could possibly happen in your entire life, that will happen, I do believe, in your entire life. And you may not have all the answers, you may not find everything out, but there's going to be a sense of like, it's okay that comes along because we were never made, at least in this side of heaven, to figure it all out. Amen. I don't really have any comments. <laughs> Y'all know what I think about the Bible and stuff. No, you know, I don't. I don't. I, I do. I don't. No, I believe. No. Yes, you do. No, I, don't. I really I don't. Jesus is for everybody. I believe. No, the, the, that's not. The, you said Jesus. You do know what the Bible, I. You no. know we've Bible. had conversations. We said the Bible. You know what I've had. No. Con- yes, we have. I believe okay. the Bible is a book of inspiration. I okay. believe the whole thing is about living a life of sacrificial love. Where do you get and that from? I, the Bible. Oh. And if I live a life of sacrificial love, that's what I believe. So I don't. But I don't subscribe to the BS. Like I'm not. Okay. I'm not that deep into it. Like so the you. Part and, of the Bible no. you like that. Oh God, here you we can go. Pick that up. And that's, that's why good. I don't like your ass. That's, that's good. I like this I'm part. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's not like that. And that's why you have to get friends like D-Lo who really actually can break things down because people like you, black people like you. Make me act like this. Don't prop me up, man. Don't, you know, because do I don't know what to say. Because I know what I'd be trying to explain. But I'm not saying I agree with everything D'Lo say, and I'm not saying I agree with everything Jeff said. I'm a I'm a happy person in the middle, and I'm also a happy person. I just, you know, I'm gonna mind my business with Jesus. I don't need no third parties. Involved. Well, you never answer. You never answer the question. Well, do you do you believe in objectivity? I don't even know what that means. I just believe He died and rose on the third day, and I like Easter and I like Christmas. 
And I'm cool with that. I want to feel the Holy Ghost and I feel the power when I... And I, no, I'm being funny, but one thing I really can't say is about personal relationship. I have felt something that I cannot explain. And so that is why I'm still a Christian today. Now, when I, when I came out and people started saying rude things, even on TikTok and just some of the things I have, I've heard, yeah. it made me not want to be a Christian. But because I have experienced what I believe this thing to be Jesus— I'm going to keep walking with them, but I don't subscribe to certain things you say, and I don't subscribe to certain things D-Lo say, and I'm okay with that because I know it's my personal walk. And when I get to heaven, okay. he ain't going to ask me what Jeff said. He ain't going to ask me what D-Lo said. He's going to ask me, right now, what, what did I say to you? Oh, and well, if God says well, something different to me, yeah. I will move differently. But right now, this is where God got me, and yeah. I'm moving forward. But I would like to thank my sponsors, my co-hosts, and remind you to like, comment, and subscribe. This Invisalign is like, whoa, it's a lot. I want to thank Clayburn Urban Loops. Remember to subscribe and share. Then you can give and receive. This podcast ain't free. Help a brother out. Follow us on IG at NSFC Podcast. Till the next time, Jesus is for everybody, 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 everybody. Oh, you're funny. He thank is, you. Jeff. Thank you. He, he is. is. Yes, he is. Amen. God bless. Amen. Let me let these people in.